Welcome back to Trauma Nursing To Go. You're rolling into work and take a peek at the assignment board and the call list. It's your favorite trauma surgeon, your nurse best friend, the best tech in your unit, and every person that you find today, you know it's going to be a good shift. Whatever rolls in, you're going to handle it no problem. Better yet, just bring it. Let's do this. But what if instead it's one of those days where you roll in and you groan as soon as you see who's on. You already start dreading your shift. You hope nothing major comes in and to do your best just to get through your shift with your version of the B team. How are we going to get through this? This is trauma nursing to go. So here's the thing. No matter who is on, the standard of care should always be the same regardless. Sure, some people are always more fun to work with than others, depending on personalities and so on. But for any patient rolling through that door, they deserve the gold standard of care no matter what. And this is essential with trauma patients. So we're going to talk about the very excitingly titled trauma systems. Why do we even need a trauma system and does it make a difference? And why should you care about trauma systems or trauma programs when you're just minding your own business at the bedside? So let's begin at the beginning. We have a 20-year-old male who shot close range in the abdomen with a handgun. Now what? First, where are we? Are we in a very rural area where the nearest hospital is an hour away or the trauma center could be several hours away? Are we in the middle of an urban city that has five hospitals within a 10-mile radius? The very first part of a trauma system is EMS, or our first responders, being able to access the patient, provide that on-scene care, and bring the patient to the most appropriate facility. So with that, let's say we're in the boonies, a very rural area. At what point does EMS need to quickly arrange a flight to a trauma center, or can they bring it to the local hospital and make a transfer decision? Will they have an hours-long transport and maybe need to be able to give blood products along the way? This all relies on a system with pre-existing protocols in place that everyone knows what they are and how to use them. Also, again, this isn't left to chance. It's not a medic on scene saying, wow, he looks sick. I heard about this one helicopter service. Let's give him a call and see if they pick up. This is a protocol that has been arranged long before our 20-year-old got shot. So when this event inevitably happened, it should all be streamlined and quick. Everyone already knows what to do, who to call, and it's a smooth process no matter what medic responds to the call. Now what if we're in the city? Is EMS expected to know off the top of their head what the on-call schedule is for general surgeons in each hospital? No, the same thing. There's a streamlined protocol for patients who qualify as being a trauma, and thus the trauma center will receive them and they should always have surgeons available. What if a friend just grabs the patient, throws them in their car, and drops them off at the first hospital they find? Man, I really hope that they have a really good ER doctor on that day, maybe who took ATLS back in his residency, and maybe there's a surgeon that happens to be free who will come check the patient out. Again, no. The point of trauma systems is that this is not left up to chance, and timing is everything to survive traumatic injuries. Just like with EMS, hospitals have to have their own protocols already established on who to transfer where and it should be streamlined, a direct call that will take only minutes in emergent situations. So now let's say our young man's in the hospital. What is the standard of care for trauma patients when they first arrive if you're in a trauma center? The team is ready or can easily get ready if it's a walk-in with no warning. The team needs to be coordinated. The team leader needs to be able to prioritize and communicate effectively with their team. 
Everyone needs to know that distractions are kept to a bare minimum and we do not delay the OR or CAT scan for minor tasks. And again, this is not something that is left to chance. Anyone who lays hands on a trauma patient should know you do not delay in the emergent operating room for anything, whether your patient with a GCS of six needs an airway and likely a head CT immediately and cannot be delayed for minor tasks like putting on a cleaner armband or someone wanting to pause so they can search through the belongings to find an ID. There are times in really rare injuries where the stars align in these rare circumstances and those involved do their absolute best and they make it work. But these are rare circumstances, not the norm. You cannot leave this up to chance. A gunshot wound to the abdomen is a pretty common injury. There should be a very crystal clear standard of care that needs to be met. So what if you do if there is an issue? It's trauma administration's job to ensure the standard of care is being met. They need to know when things go wrong, and they need to build a system that prevents this from happening. If something goes wrong, something isn't working, you're concerned about the patient's care, your administrator needs to know. Whoever manages your trauma system and your trauma program needs to know. When things go wrong, often our gut reaction is to blame somebody, but more often than not, there's no system in place that can prevent this error from happening. Trauma centers have a very specific responsibility to fix system issues, and it's part of their accreditation here in the United States. So they need to know when issues arrive, and they have to have a plan on how to improve their system. So going back to this 20-year-old, the care could go two ways. It's very likely, and hopefully what's going to happen, is he's going to be efficiently transferred to a trauma center who does a rapid survey, recognizes that he's hemorrhaging from his abdomen, and performs an exploratory laparotomy within 60 minutes of his arrival to the hospital, meaning that he gets to the operating room promptly and the hemorrhage is controlled promptly. This is what we call our standard of care. This is what's going to reduce this patient's chance of dying or mortality or from developing morbidity or complications from hemorrhaging. But this could have gone other ways. What if he was delayed on scene? Maybe EMS was unclear about where to bring him, or the local hospital he initially went to decided he doesn't look that bad, let's just wait and get a CAT scan here for him. And that CAT scan alone took one or two hours, which then revealed hemorrhaging, and even then they don't have surgery immediately available, and then they're trying to start calling trauma centers to get him transferred. But he's already progressing into hemorrhagic shock. What if he was brought to your trauma center, but there was a delay? Maybe the surgeon was busy. Maybe we didn't take him that seriously. We decided that his fast exam was equivocal, and we assumed he was tachycardic because he was drunk and agitated. Maybe we didn't expedite him getting a CAT scan because we wanted the police to interview him first. Come to find out whenever we do get the CAT scan results that he does have some hemorrhaging and then we want to take him to the operating room. The operating room might say they aren't ready. You need to give us at least 30 minutes head up. We have to get the room ready. All of this is a delay. This is not the standard of care. These circumstances show many issues that need to be reviewed and improved by those responsible for your trauma system because he did not receive the standard of care and he was put significantly at risk by having such long delays. These issues do happen, and it is your trauma program administrator's job to review it, to fix the issues that can be prevented so it doesn't happen again. The knee-jerk reaction, especially for us at the bedside, is just to blame someone. I was there, and this person stalled, or I don't think this person knows how to interpret a FAST exam correctly. It very rarely is a specific staff issue, and it's often a system-wide issue. The trauma systems team needs to know about the issues. They have to work it out and they have to make it better, whether it is an individual problem or if it's a system problem. 
Your job at the bedside is to notify them when you feel the standard of care isn't being met or there's an issue. Remember, your patient's life is not up to chance. It's not the luck of the draw of who was on that day. It needs to be the same consistent clockwork every time. This is trauma nursing to go. Thank you for listening to Trauma Nursing To Go. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. As a reminder, I do not represent my employer and the cases presented here are fictional and intended for educational purposes only. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and get updates and check out the website traumanursingtogo.com. If there's any topics, questions, or concerns you have, please contact me through the website, my email, or you can contact me on Twitter. Thanks for listening.